be it resolved. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Be It Resolved, uh, where we choose highly interesting topics, sometimes serious, sometimes a little bit more on the fun side. But nonetheless, whatever the topic is, our debaters are going to debate this with zeal, passion. Now, today, regardless of that, you're going to be informed. And today we're going to be discussing a very important topic. And the resolution is, be it resolved, that we don't really understand human nutrition. I am your moderator for today, and uh, we have a team of debaters that are going to be debating. And uh, let me just uh, uh, go through them. For the pro side, uh, our first um, person on the pro side is Andrew Oates. Please wave. There you go. And our first uh, con on the con side is Al Brown. And our, our second uh, on the pro side is Sarah Sandu. And uh, followed by Andrew Wood. Great. Now, before we begin, just I'm going to give you some feedback on how the, uh, the debate format is going to work. Each debater is going to be given three minutes uh, to present a constructive argument in which uh, I will join later on in a 10-minute debate in the middle once they are done. Uh, the debate is uh, going to be concluded by each of the debaters giving a one-minute concluding statement at the very end. Now, just a quick reminder for all of you uh, and uh, for our, our members, uh, this is um, the arguments and the views that you're going to be hearing are exclusively for the debate. It does not necessarily represent the opinions of the, uh, of the speakers, and it's done in the purpose to win the debate. So they're going to go all out, and you're going to see some really, really powerful arguments. So once again, the resolution is, be it resolved that we don't really understand human nature. The first speaker- uh, Nutrition, nutrition. Forgive me. Human, For human nature, that's a bigger topic. We'll deal with that some other time. Uh, human nutrition is the thing. So be it resolved that we don't really understand human nutrition. So on the pro side, let's begin with Andrew Oates. Take it away, Mr. Oates. You've got three minutes. Thanks very, thanks very much, uh, Mario. Uh, I'd like to start by talking a little bit about the history of our understanding of human nutrition and all the times that that has changed over the years and how there's really no reason to suppose that this time we know everything and we really understand it. So there's a lot of things that have changed over the years and there are a lot of questions that are open at this moment. But the, the, the scientific study of uh, nutrition really only began uh, with the USDA that was formed by Abraham Lincoln in 1862. And around the turn of the century following, the, the idea of calorie counts based on the Atwater numbers of four calories per gram of carbohydrate, four per gram of protein, and nine per gram of fat were invented by burning stuff to see how much energy came off of it. Vitamins weren't discovered until 1912. Before that, scientists thought that uh, every, every aspect of nutrition could be explained by those uh, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Vitamin K wasn't discovered until 1929. Along comes World War I and the US government says, gee, these guys that wanna be soldiers are all unhealthy. 
we need to figure out why. And they, they recommended starting in 1941 that everybody has some uh, essential nutrients, vitamins A, B1, B2, B3, C, D, calcium, and iron. 1968, they added vitamin E, vitamin B6, B12, and magnesium. Today, they also re recommend B5, B7, B9, K, choline, chromium, copy, copper, iodine, manganese, and a bunch of other stuff. That's not even including the importance of fiber and other minerals and micronutrients and probiotics and prebiotics that have been uh, discovered since then. The idea of the microbiome was poo-pooed as recently as 20 years ago. People thought, nah, the, the germs that live in your gut don't have any effect on human nutrition. Now they know they have a huge effect on metabolism, on immunity, on even type 2 diabetes still being studied. But we know that there are questions to be answered about how all of that stuff works. As recently as uh, 2012, it was discovered that the fat cal calories from nuts uh, don't get absorbed by human uh, digestion because of the fiber involved. And they actually changed the calorie counts for nut bars, reducing them from 200 to 170 in one case, without changing the recipe at all. So that just, those are just some examples of how our understanding has, has changed and how there's no reason to suppose that we have all the answers today. Thank you very much, Andrew Oates. Uh, speaking first on the con side is Al Brown. Take it away, Al. You got three minutes. Thank, thank you very much, Mario. Well, <clears throat> throughout human history, there has been an inherent knowledge that of, of what is required for nutrition. There are huge bodies of uh, information on herbs and spices that have been passed down for generations, for thousands of years, that demonstrate that humans have known about nutrition for uh, probably as long as we've been around. The difference is right now is science is only beginning to understand that. But the science is actually being subordinated to the interests of the corporations. And a lot of our corporations today are basically impeding the, the uh, passage of that information down to individuals who can then use it. There is enough information now on nutrition available that if we had what we knew in the hands of every individual, we would be a much healthier society. And again, this is being impeded by governments and professional organizations and utilized by corporations. And I'll give you an example of this. In 2018, the Government of Canada, Health Canada, changed the, the food guide. In effect, deleting categories for dairy products and reducing the emphasis for meat. Well, guess what? The dairy sector and the cattlemen objected because they viewed the food guide as a means for selling their product, not for human health. More recently, I found an article in a magazine, a local health magazine called Vitality. Um, in which talked about, and there was an opinion piece about how the, uh, the uh, Ontario uh, College of, of Physicians and Surgeons was attempting to limit access to what is called uh, complementary and alternative medicine, which is the use of things like instead of, uh, instead of uh, uh, prescribing pills, 
you provide things like provide uh, the doctors prescribe uh, physical exercise to overcome things like uh, high blood pressure and stuff like this and nutrition. Now, the reason they're doing this seems to be on uh, it's, it seems to be that they're doing this for to guarantee the uh, the quality of the the service they're getting from the from the doctors. But in a, in effect, what they're doing, they're limiting choice. And they're limiting our access to information so that we can't get that information and become healthy from it. The bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, is there's so much information out there already. Some of it, a lot of it, is available on the internet if you're willing to look about health. And the, the real issue is that we're not going after it because we don't know it's there. Right on the money. Thank you very much, Al Brown. And uh, now our uh, second, uh, our second, uh, hold on a second, please. Um, <clears throat> our second uh, member on the pro side is Sarab Sandhu. Sarab, take it away. You've got three minutes. Thank you, <clears throat> Mr. Moderator and my esteemed listeners and opponents. First, I must say that if we understood, if we don't really understand human nutrition is because in the civilized world, there are more disease because, because of blood pressure and cancers and other stuff because of the wrong nutrition. And this is, a uh, this is exactly in front of you. You don't have to read any book to find it out. You can see the effects. In fact, more people die with more food than less food altogether. Now, I want to bring this back to the 5,000-year-old uh, scriptures in the in the Vedas, where they talk about three what food does to you. There are three types of food. We have the sattvic food, which is light and vegetables and nuts and all that, and then you have the rajasic food, which is all the spicy food and the tasting good food, and the third one is the tamasic food, which is absolutely heavy nutrient dense food. At this moment, we consider tamasic food is the starting point for all disease because it's difficult to digest nutrient-dense foods. It takes more time, maybe three days for the meat to be expelled from your body system. And as my uh, Andrew said, that the 30% the reduction in nutrients anyway, you waste, wasted all this time to digest the food and in the end, you're throwing away 30% away. With the Rajasic food, you're eating the right amount of food and you body functions. What are you eating food for? It's just to uh, function healthily as a human being. But when we have too much of food, that is the problem. That's why we don't understand, like people would say having a good steak is a good idea. If you have it every day, it is the worst kind of uh, diet you can ever have. This hamburgers, McDonald's and all that, these are nutrient dense food, which should be avoided. And if we go to the healthier foods and, and, and eat less, we normally eat two to three times more than what we require for, for your proper body functions. And that is the start of the problem. That's why we don't understand nutrition. As we say, we don't really understand human nutrition. And so we are doing what's socially acceptable and what, we, what our ancestors did and what we continue doing and what the television tells you and what the magazines tell you, what is good and what is bad. But actually, you should ask your own stomach and your own body and how you can expel it easily. It should be digested easily and it should taste nice rather than finding the taste good and don't worry about the thing. Back to you, Mr. Moderator. 
Well, thank you very much, uh, Sarah. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, now we're going to be hearing from the second on the con side, uh, and that is Andrew Woods. You got Andrew Wood, forgive me. Uh, Andrew, take it away for three minutes. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Modulator. And uh, to my esteemed colleagues, well, we're debating, uh, be it resolved, that we don't really understand human nutrition. And frankly, um, I haven't heard any arguments from my opponents that have made me change my mind one bit. Al and I are arguing that we do understand human nutrition plenty well enough to be able to act on it and to make our proper nutrition choices. Um, it is not necessary for Al and I to argue that we understand 100% of it. No, that's not our argument. We're, we've made great strides though in science and in scientific understanding of it. And Andrew Oates is right. Yes, within the past hundred years, there have been mileposts and there have been things that we've come to understand, but the point is we have come to understand them. And, um, and, and the future is ahead of us. Uh, we understand plenty enough of what's happening for us to be able to control the food and make the right choices. Now, Sarab is making arguments that some food is heavier than others and it's harder for our bodies to digest. But yes, yes, that's what doctors are telling us. They're telling us to go easy on the meats. They're recommending a, 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 a more of a vegetarian diet. And so, of course, we agree with that. But the point is that not everybody might follow that advice, but we have the knowledge we need to make the right choices. Now, I'm going to use myself as an example. Uh, in the past several years, starting, what, 2018, so I guess almost three years ago now, I started going to a natural path downtown Toronto. I was overweight at the time. I was not feeling good and um, I needed some help. And uh, this natural path put me on the right route to gaining my health. He told me what I needed to eat. I understood what he, what he was saying. It was mostly um, um, greens, um, salads and vegetables, uh, very little fruit, um, a small helping of protein beside it, either a fish or chicken. And I lost 50 pounds at the time. And it took me a year and a half. But by strictly following that nutrition advice, I was able to cure my body. I went off the high blood pressure. I went off of my uh, asthma medicine. And I was in the pink of health. Now, since we've been locked down, that is no longer true. I, I'm no longer sticking to my diet. You know, I, I'm eating stuff that I know I shouldn't. So now I'm gaining weight again. So it's not that I don't have the information. I do. The point is that I need to act on it. And that's really the crux of our argument. We know what we need to do, so let's do it. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, we have just heard the conclusion of the, uh, of the uh, constructive arguments. And we're gonna go into a 10 minute round robin now. And uh, I'd like to, to begin the round robin by asking one question, and, and that is the affordability of eating properly. Uh, because what we're seeing lately is that uh, eating healthy is also dependent on expense. Uh, you go out and you try to, try to buy food um, that is healthy for you, and all of a sudden it's much more expensive, whereas you know, junk food is a lot more cheaper. Can, uh, Andrew Wood, can you please uh, 
elaborate on that? Um, you know, how can people stay? Well, look, yeah, okay. But Mario, I mean, you're fine. But it, it, you know what, Mario? I think that's somewhat of a different debate. Um, we live in a capitalist society. We live in a corporate society. And um, the, the food corporations, many of them, make a lot of money on pushing foods that are not necessarily healthy for us. For instance, in the supermarket, you don't need to advertise carrots. I haven't seen any carrot ads and whatever. They don't advertise carrots. They advertise Lucky Charms. They advertise cookies and ice cream. And so the point is that uh, we do know the choices we need to make. It doesn't mean we can't choose cookies and ice cream sometimes, but in the main, we know exactly what we do in order to uh, maintain our bodies and uh, nourish ourselves to, to the best um, way possible. Mario, uh, may I add to this? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I've done some studies myself personally about the costs of food. And if you go out and buy beans of various types, black beans, red kidney beans, chickpeas, split uh, peas and stuff like this, and you make soups and dishes out of that, they are extremely inexpensive. I mean, I'm not talking by the canned versions, I'm talking about buying the, uh, say the dried beans and uh, soaking them and cooking them. And vegetables are the least cost item that, uh, that you can have on your, uh, on your grocery list. After that goes into meats and then processed foods. Uh, junk foods are actually like a bag of potato chips are much more expensive than even uh, reasonable quality meats. So you, uh, this isn't an issue of price so much as it is, as Andrew says, advertising. Because those that are selling the high input foods, which are also, by the way, lower in nutrients value because they're, they're processed, are trying to make money off this. And so they're we, we actually- know, We know that those are advertised because that entices people to eat more of them. And I think you're absolutely right. The cost is not an issue because if you eat the amounts of food that you should be eating, it's far less than most people eat to begin with. So the price is diminished by that. If you eat half as much of anything, it's gonna cost half as much. So Andrew, Andrew, let me ask you, Andrew Oates, let me ask you, what, uh, what side of the argument from your opponents do you feel um, it needs to be um, uh, addressed uh, from your perspective? Well, Andrew Wood, for example, among others, he says that we know what to eat, but we don't do it. Why do we not do it? It's because we don't understand how our bodies react to hormones and to fats and sugars and how, doesn't matter how much willpower you have, you cannot control what you're eating. If your body is screaming at you night and day, I need to eat whatever, ice cream, chocolate bars. Well, no, that's a different issue, Mr. Oates. It's a different issue. Of course we have our predilections. No, and no, no, the issue, the, the, the point is, we don't understand how those f hormones and the probiotic, uh, microbiome in the gut and so on react to this. You, you cited a, an experience a year and a half, very good, but it's not a permanent change. And no, many, no, many but the point that. is in practical terms, we do know plenty 
about human nutrition. We know how to feed ourselves properly. The fact that we don't always do that is another issue altogether. All I agree. I know, we, example, we know plenty, but we don't really understand how it works. We understand how it works. We don't understand how we work. Because in our psyches, of course, there's lots of conflicting uh, uh, motivations that we have. Yes, but, sir. Uh, it's not a matter of not having the information. Yeah. We've got the information. I, I want to put my understanding of this process. I met a guy who was 108 years old, and he was actually having one meal a day. And he was absolutely in pink of health. Because in the end, after eating, the final result is how healthy are you? Are you living along or you have longevity or are you getting disease along the way? And this guy, he at 108, he didn't have any blood pressure. He didn't have any sugar. He didn't, he had his own teeth. He could see with his eyes. And all he had was fruits and nuts, which are soaked overnight. And only for six times a day and uh, a week, and seventh day he would fast. So what I'm saying is the effect in the end of understanding nutrition would be equated to longevity and less health problems, but which, which we are overlooking that we're eating anything which comes along, even nutrient dense food and getting the most. Sir Rob, the core of the argument is the understanding of nutrition. And we do understand what you're saying. It's generally agreed. It is agreed. The fact is we do not always eat that way, of course. And, uh, but that's a separate issue. Um, we have the information we need to make uh, great healthy choices. And um, so, so that's, that's why I'm uh, pretty confident about the result of this debate. But if you understood it, it will not affect the health. It is in the end, the longevity and the health problem. How healthy are you after eating that? If it is equating to bad health, that means you don't really understand human nutrition. I mean, you know what it is and you don't put it into practice. That's the two different things. You know two about it, but things. you're not doing it. Thank you. Two separate things. We'll argue about that other thing another time. Yeah, but Andrew Wood, you're changing the terms of this discussion as well. You're saying, well, we don't understand human nutrition, but we understand enough to do better. We Absolutely, we do. Look, now I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you there. To say that we understand human nutrition does not imply that we have to understand 101%. The point is we know a lot and we know plenty that we need to know in terms of making our, our good choices. We and of know course there's lot. more to learn. We know a lot and there there's a lot that we don't know. So we don't really understand how it works as a system, you as, know, a, as part of the world. You know, I, I want to come back, Mario, you said about the cost part. I did an experiment where I ate one meal of chia seeds of four tablespoons of chia seed as my first meal and one meal of fruits and vegetables in the evening. I also lost 60 kg uh, pounds like Andrew and I'm the pink of health now, understood nutrition and I feel everybody should be doing that. The whole country should be doing that. There'll be less problems, less strain on the medical uh, system. And here, here. Yeah, go on, finish up. Yeah, and when I did the costing, the cost of chia seeds replacing one meal was less than what an Indian family who spend the money for having three meals a day, one meal could be substituting two meals and it was just fine and it was less. So it was it's very cost effective if you do it properly. But here's a question that I have that none of you have talked about yet. Uh, and that is, how do we know what is added in the foods? 
because a lot of people are saying that health uh, and the way of the obesity uh, breakout is happening these days is not because we're not eating and we don't know what we're eating, but there's a lot of additives that are getting into the food and even in the healthy food. How do you guys address that? How do we know what we're supposed to know if we don't know what they're adding in our foods to begin well, with? No, well, there are labeling laws, of course, and um, and and labeling laws in all major developments. And as I've demonstrated, they change over time as new discoveries well, are made. Sure, that's fine. That's fine. The basic thing, but we understand this. The basic thing is that processed food is not healthy food. Factory food is I agree not to that. food. And so we know this. The fact that we don't act on it, well, that's another debate. But how do you how do you get uh, to um, feed the masses if you're not going to have factory food if you're not going to have processed food where are the resources to be able to get carrots chia <laughs> seeds carrots chia seeds nuts and, and and fruit why not why not we do need to cut down on the meat we know that so society is working its way toward that are I think to answer your question Mario if we all have whole foods whole foods where you process it yourself don't buy processed food you're winning because you know what you're eating what you're putting in your mouth like whole grains whole uh, lentils vegetables either nothing mixed but when you buy a bag of chips or some other stuff which is like a bar chocolate bar there's so many so much of stuff there which you don't know what it is and it's a cumulative effect which causes your problems well, gentlemen, the uh, round is over for the round robin, and now we're going to be going into the uh, concluding uh, part of the uh, the arguments. And uh, the first person that is going to be going is uh, the uh, is Andrew Wood, who is the second uh, in the con side. Andrew, please take. Oh, well, thank you, uh, Mario. And and you know what, um, uh, my opponents here on the pro side have made a number of points about the food choices that we make. And um, they're not always good. And um, there's no debate from uh, us about that. Of course, we make bad decisions all the time. But the knowledge is there. We have plenty of knowledge. And it's not for me to argue that there aren't things that we still need to discover. But if you are interested in gaining your health through nutrition and, um, and you find a contact with, um, with a, a qualified and knowledgeable practitioner to work with them, then that process will happen. And there's a number of healthy diets. There's not one healthy diet. So depending on your culture, depending on your background, you can find a healthy diet. We have all the information we need. Thank you very much, Andrew. And now for the uh, second on uh, the pro side, Sarah Sandu, you've got one minute. Yes, Mr. Moderator and my opponents, if you know what you're supposed to do, I know it's a different topic, but then you don't really understand about nutrition. If, you, if you're not actually putting that, uh, if the people, if they know about it and they're not putting it into action. So in the premises, you don't really understand human nutrition. If you know about it and you're not putting it into practice, yeah. And in the Vedic uh, literature, they say the human being is designed to eat nuts, fruits, vegetables, and lentils, right? And these are the four things which are allowed. And I don't want to go into the thing, but it's because of our teeth and because of our alimentary system. Dogs can digest meat like this, but we can't. So we are not designed to eat meat. We're designed to eat nuts, fruits, grains, and vegetables. And that's what I say that if we keep on following that, we can understand human nutrition and live long and healthy. The main reason for eating is to stay healthy. 
if you're eating food and becoming unhealthy, it's bad. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Sarah. And uh, now for uh, the first uh, on the con site, Al Brown. One minute. Ladies and gentlemen, the search for scientific knowledge is a never ending story. It will last for as long as there are people on this earth. We'll always be looking for more information about the world around us and how our world, how our own bodies work. And sometimes we'll lose that knowledge and we'll have to go back and resolve it. But as when it comes down to the basic things that we need to know, their knowledge is already there. In many cases, it is being denied to us. It's being taken away from us by the lack of, uh, of nutritional, uh, <clears throat> a lack of information on nutrition by corporations that are trying to sell us pro processed foods. It is up to us though, to take that knowledge back. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this process uh, from here, go out and find, your, find the, the best nutrition you can find. Lots of it, lots of information on the internet. Thank you very much, Al Brown. And the final word goes to the pro side, Andrew Oates. Thank you, Mario. Lots of information on the internet. Yeah, some of it's actually true. If you want to live a long, long life, keep breathing as long as possible. If you want to have a healthy life, eat right. Absolutely true. Neither question, neither a bit of advice addresses just how do you do that? Because they don't address how the human body works with, with the hormone systems and seasonal cycles. Mammals put on weight in the fall, they lose it in the spring. There's a tendency. Nobody's really completely ex explained that. Why do we say that adolescents eat, eat a lot because they're growing, but all of a sudden that changes to, at some point in their lives to, Oh, they're growing fat because they eat a lot. Which is it? Is it the food causing the change in the in the morphology, or is it the morphology causing a change? Some people believe that it's the body putting on fat that causes you to eat more. What's wrong with the hormones that are making your body put on fat? Thank you very much, uh, Andrew Oates. And that concludes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the debate. And I hope you uh, enjoyed it. Congratulations to the debaters. You really put on a very good argument. And uh, it is uh, extremely interesting because the perspective that you each took uh, is very, very, very revealing uh, from the fact that some of us believe that we do know what's, uh, what we're eating, what we're supposed to do. Uh, and uh, the opposition is basically saying, well, well, maybe we don't know exactly that there's so many other uh, factors that can be uh, involved in that. Uh, both sides argued very well at certain points about what to eat, how to eat, the quantities to eat. I mean, uh, one of the sayings that we have in uh, my ancestry as being Greek is everything in moderation. Uh, and I believe that that is a very, very good uh, uh, thing to, to follow in anything that we do. And as long as we're doing that, it promotes health. The question though, that I have been uh, considering here uh, throughout this debate is who won? Now, ladies and gentlemen, you may have your own thoughts about that. And we're looking forward to hearing your thoughts about who won. Uh, please, uh, you know, just uh, let us know uh, in, the, uh, in the comment section. But I have to be uh, somebody that has to come up with a decision on who won. And the, from the perspective that I have and uh, what I've heard uh, from, from the argument, I think the 
I'm keeping you all in suspense. <laughs> Are you Big making up your mind now? In my opinion, has uh, won the argument. Uh, the the argument uh, that they presented uh, still has there's a lot of questions that we um, that we do have um, and uh, there is a a lot of things that we do understand but I think they had the propensity of the evidence with them to to argue um, effectively so ladies and gentlemen congratulations on the con side I think you uh, supported your arguments the strongest uh, in this moderator or modulators <laughs> perspective uh so um we're looking forward to uh, hearing the next debate and by the way next debate is going to be something that has been uh, a social issue for for quite a long time we've heard a lot of the debates uh, about this before uh, and we're going to hear uh, the teams uh, debating this one which is professional athletes have a moral duty to engage in social justice issues so that will be what's going to be resolved next week. So we're looking forward to having you with us, ladies and gentlemen. Again, uh, congratulations to our uh, speakers, and we'll see you all next week. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, and please subscribe so you do not miss another episode. Thank you.